Hello and welcome to episode two of the One Game at a Time podcast. We do have a name and a logo now, and I'm delighted to be joined by two of our guests this week. Alessio Carocci. Alessio, how's your week been? It's been good. Got some new fans as well to the podcast, not just a new name. So it's good to be back and get stuck into some actual previews of games now. So Absolutely. And also we're joined by Mark Talbot. Mark, how's your week been? Yeah, very good. Very good, lads. Uh, hope we're all ready for it all to kick off officially this weekend. Yeah, super exciting. Of course, the, the main men's season doesn't start until next weekend but this weekend we've got the preliminary rounds of the cup in south australia which we will go over some key games and give our not score predictions but our our win or loss predictions for each and every game but to start off the pod as we have done we'll start with our picks of the week um i'll go first mine is about thomas yanakopoulos going over to dandenong city from adelaide comets and from the general public sounds like he made a a pretty good debut. Heard a lot of good things about him while playing for Comets. I don't know which one of you wants to chime in here, but definitely a deserving player and possibly able to be higher up. Um, I have to say, I've been commentating now the last couple of years and I've watched a lot of Tommy G, as everyone knows him as Tommy G, but he's been fantastic. He, but even his not-so-great games have been excellent. Like he's, he's just such a good player, very cool, very calm. Uh, just gets him, does his job. But once he's done his job, he then looks to extend and goes, oh, yeah, what else can I do now? Um, he's branched out. I think he was playing in the, in the middle of the park during this season as well when they were struggling for midfielders. So he stepped into that holding role. And to be honest, didn't look out of place at all. So for him, absolutely fantastic move. Puts him in a great league. We, we know that he's going to a strong league. So not saying Adelaide's not, but uh, I think there's going to be a few more eyes on him uh, now playing there at Dandenong and, uh, and hopefully he gets a, a trial somewhere because I think he he deserves at least a trial at an A-League club because his form the last few years has been has been outstanding and he's only a young kid still. I think he's, what, 19, maybe 20 now? Unless you might know more of that, around his age. So, But he's such a, uh, a good player, exciting player when it comes to, to defending. He knows his role really well and, and looks to extend it. Um, he's got a bit of height on him too. He, he bulks up a little bit. He's going to be quite the quite the dominant force in in any back line, to be honest. Yeah, I would have the the same um, kind of points that Mark mentioned there. He's yeah two years younger than me, so I think he is nineteen still, probably turning twenty this year. Um, two thousand four born, but yeah, I thought it was a breath of fresh air last year to see him stop step into the midfield. They had a lot of players in that Comets team step into different positions as they had a couple of players returning. Yet Nathan Dimu come back near the end of the season as well, who also had an opportunity in state with MacArthur Bulls Academy. So to see another one of the Comets production line uh, make it through and get to a big club is very good to see, especially with the the second division coming up soon. Uh, It's going to be a big opportunity for him to step up and see what he can do in probably a league that I would say it's probably a step up from the MPL in SA. They got a lot of players in those leagues um, interstate that, have come out of the A-League or just looking to have a positive season to try and get back onto the A-League book somewhere else. So if he can prove it against those players who are trying to show themselves, show them up, um, then I'm sure he can get a move as well. So I'm looking forward to see it. And as you could see on the socials as well, the Comets faithful are very proud of him and hope to see him do well in the future in the national stage. As they should yeah. be, I mean, you look at, so I think they, they pronounce how often, uh, like do it quite often, when he started with Comets. And I think he started as a, Seven or eight year old, I think, Seb. I mean, you might know that the details might be started when he was quite young. I think he started in their mini row in, in the mini roos with Comets and he's worked his way all the way through each age group. May have skipped a couple, <laughs> getting promoted a little bit ahead of time, but you know, I mean, like he, he's he's represented all the way through. So, great news for the club that they're producing players that can then from, from mini roos, you can go all the way through the club and then step out and go up to a as you said, uh, probably a tougher league over there um, compared to what the Adelaide League is. And as we say, the Adelaide League's not a walk in the park by any stretch of the imagination. We've produced so many players that are now playing in the A-League. So, but it is a what would be a, overall a probably tougher league. I think as well, one thing to note, and I'm sure a lot of the Comets fans had posted it in the comments as well, he never made it through or through the trials of some of the local 
NTCs or Skillaroos programs as well. So to see a player like that come all the way through one club from juniors to seniors is, is quite rare. And seeing them get like a, a in-state opportunity, it shows that the reach that a team like Comets and the MPLSA has with their local clubs that you can still get offers, you can still get scouted, even if you're not at the top youth teams, the top uh, NTCs, stuff like that. So it's it's a proven his point that you can make it elsewhere as well, which is a big inspiration to a lot of young players out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on your point before, Mark, yeah, he's been at Comets since 2011. So what, that's nearly 12, 13 years, played 68 MPL games for them. So definitely, yeah, as you said, a player that's that's come through almost every single youth level team he possibly could have <laughs> and and played for seeing. And another, another point that I picked on before is that we haven't really spoken about. So it's sort of a different subject, but also the the second division, which might be coming next year, this might be our last normal season of the MPL, which I, I've as completely like uh, left my mind. I just, any of your guys' thoughts on that, how this is now the, the league will probably change format somehow or what teams will still be here in South Australia. Uh, I don't know who want to picks up on this one well, first. From what I've read so far with SA, SA won't be involved in the first year. So it won't, I don't think it's going to affect us um, from a team point of view for at least two or three years. Um, it will affect us player-wise because obviously I think players will leave to go to the clubs that are in the NSD, which I believe is Eastern States to start with, which I think it, I think they're doing Sydney and, and Melbourne, Victoria and uh, New South Wales to begin with. And then they're looking to branch to Tassie and Queensland, so they'll stick to that East Coast for the first few years. So I think we won't see a massive change in regards to teams, but we will see a change in regards to players. We may see players leaving. Instead of coming to Adelaide, they're going to they're gonna look to go to those NSD teams instead of coming to Adelaide like your James Tomakovsky did last year. Uh, and I know Metro picked up a couple of other players that are from Melbourne and things like that. So I think that will that will change, and I think we'll get less interstate players. But once we get the NSD, once we get those teams involved in Adelaide, yeah, yes, we'll get back to a level playing field in that regard. But I don't think we'll see too many changes in the first first year or two from a team point of view. Yeah, following on from your point there about the interstate players, I think it'll be interesting to see what the ages of some of the visa players people will pick up as well. I mean, we've seen in the past they might pick up a couple of players for for a, a brief stint. You had your Marcelo Caruscas, Marcus Flores. They've had some stints back in the MPL. But maybe when you're getting more to a, a league where you need promotion and you need young players to go through, and I reckon you might see some of the squads get a bit younger. I mean, Metro Stars, as you mentioned, they're going to be one of the favourites to join that National Second Division soon. But they do have some older players in their books that obviously can dominate in the local level. But when you've got them up against some of the best youngsters interstate. It's going to be interesting to see what people do with their visa players. And you've seen a lot of Japanese players, a lot of South American players as well come into the leagues. So I think they're going to be definitely focused more on the age of these players, how long they can keep them for and how long in a, in a league like the National Second Division as well. They've talked about some of the, the financial implications as well some of the clubs are going to have. So how can you afford these players for a, a long period of time or what the rules are going to be? We know the local leagues have the two visa max policy, but maybe in this national second division, they've got to upgrade it. So I think it's five in the A-League where you're allowed to have five uh, international spots. So it will, I'd like to see what maybe middle ground they can find between two and five for the national second division. That makes it easy, doesn't it? They just go to three. <laughs> but it's also three and, a, three and a half, maybe. Three and maybe half. they get half a keeper. Oh, but in saying that, maybe... Um, when they do that, they look at it as a, a half spot might be for Asian-based players. So they look at, because we are obviously in the Asian Confederation, it might be the fact that we look at, they go, okay, you can have three and a half players, but the half player, which would effectively be four, but one player needs to be from Asia instead of Europe so um, or South America. So they might look at that way instead because obviously it's a little bit easier Um with the likes of the Asian players coming across. So they might look at it that way. Um, so is it five or is it four for the AP? Because I remember when five. it is five, because I couldn't remember when uh, Western Sydney first, I think it was Western Sydney and they had uh, Shinji Yono. Um, he came across, but I wasn't sure how many, because there was always talk about him being fifth or something. They were, they, they were given an extra one because of they were new to the league. So just couldn't remember if it was four or five, but. I said, if they've got, I think that they have to have them in there. They have to have an allowance for visa spots. It's just a matter of how they work it. 
And I think in the A League as well, they have that homegrown. You have to have at least as many in the on in the match day squad at least. So it'll be interesting to see if maybe they can uh, implement that rule even further down to have you have to have a player who's come through your juniors or has spent more than five years at your club. So especially for these local clubs, it'd be very important for them to have players that have been there a long time. You don't want the fans to see a whole new eleven come in that they've not had any uh, previous knowledge with. Yeah, they'd, they'd surely have to bring that rule in um, somewhere along the lines that they've got to have X amount of um, local base. And, and as you said, maybe players that have been at that same club for, for X amount of years. It'd be interesting to see if, uh, I know that Adelaide at one stage had a, the Federation had interest in joining the league without a team. How, how would they work that one? <laughs> I've been with the Federation for X amount of years, but it didn't matter which team you were with. So, but uh, no, again, that was, I think, um, I think the reason they, that, because I got questioned on that quite a few times. I don't know if you got boys did, but about why the Federation had a spot in the original uh, band of NS, NSDs. And I was like, well, the simple fact is, if we don't have any, teams or any clubs willing to go into it if the federation at least shows their hand we've got a spot at the table when it comes to discussions and uh, and voting and things like that we had a seat at the table whereas if we didn't have any clubs and the federation didn't do anything then we had nothing so i don't think that the plan was ever for the federation to put a team in it was just the fact that it gave us a seat at the table to for the discussions because otherwise we would have had i know metro were in it for a period of time but you know i mean we didn't have anything else moving forward so yeah so that that merger that you were talking about sorry alessia would have been between campbelltown metro and burkala how that worked i have absolutely no clue or where they played or how it worked or how their actual teams worked no clue too many too many questions there there's not enough answers in that regard but like i said i think just the federation having a seat at the table allows them to 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 put their thoughts forward and, and hopefully get a team from at least one team from adelaide into that nsd which unfortunately i think like I said, last last I heard was it was strictly Eastern states to start with. Yeah, well, I was going to say it's very similar to how the A-League started, how Adelaide City, West Adelaide, Hellers, neither of them could make their mind up or have enough money to put a team together. So if you create a whole new team, if there was like a, a football South Australia team, it at least removes all the bias from any of the players, all the allegiances they might have had with their previous clubs. And it allows you to have almost NPL All-Stars come into a second division team so it could have been a good thing, and we'll see what happens in the future. Question then. There's a topic for us to discuss. Your NPL greats for your Adelaide NSD team. There's a topic for later, Seb. We need, we need to put that in. You'd have to pick oh, your, your, your 20-man squad from the NPL alone for uh, the Adelaide or the South Australian NSD team. And it has to be current players. Yeah, <laughs> there's a challenge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll do that after. Hard, yeah, we'll do it after, <laughs> after our, our cup predictions. But on to Alessio, your pick of the week. You want to talk about fashion? Well, yeah, I've, as we've seen, um, I mean, we don't have the video recordings uh, posted as well right now, but you can see every week all of us got a diff- few different colors going on. Um, and I'd just like to see some of the new kits that have been happening. So I was at the media day on the Sunday and I saw a few teams roll in and some pink kits that are about, which is quite the bold statement but i like it especially from some of the clubs adelaide city adelaide uni are the ones that i've seen so far with a pink uh, away kit or third kit and um i'm really liking it throwing it back to some of the i think it's 2015 is when juventus had that uh iconic kit uh, a lot of the celebrities are wearing that so maybe we'll see some local adelaide celebrities rocking the adelaide city or the adelaide uni kits yeah, ask some city players and they actually said they preferred the the pink away kit to the to the black and white stripes well, there's only so many years you can do black and white stripes for. I mean, <laughs> even Juventus changed it occasionally. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I agree with that. I think, um, I think that I, I'm not a huge fan of the pink. I was always more of a purple fan when I played in goal. But it's, uh, the goalkeepers started to bring the, the pink and the purple in. And now the outfield, especially in Adelaide, now the, uh, the teams are starting to uh, bring the pink in. But I think that's... Uh, I know for a fact that Adelaide Uni is Rash has always wanted a pink kit for the away kit, so he's uh, eventually worked his magic there to get get one into circulation for them. So, but uh, yeah, there's some some great kits going to be uh, going around this year. Uh, I know that's obviously you've got plenty of suppliers, Pro Sport Apparel, 
who I think do Cobras um, uh, Olympic, and obviously they've got the likes of Nike and uh, Adidas, and um, you've got Macron floating around, which we we know they do Adelaide Uni, and they who else have they got this year? They got they were doing Berks, West Adelaide. Changed. They're now doing West Adelaide, so that's a new contract for them. They got Salisbury, and then obviously you've got the likes of New Balance done through um, Belgravia Apparel. So. Got a few, can't forget, few, can't forget cost out Pega as well, Pega Sports. Pega Sports, yeah. So they've got, um, they do a couple of clubs and a couple of amateur clubs. They actually do one that's coming up in the cup, I think. I think, I think, are they in the cup this year? No, they're not. They're, they're not in it this year, but they they do Pega do Elizabeth Vale as well. So, but so yeah, Pega Sports and they're, they're doing some good stuff as well. So the kits are looking good. And I have to admit, I saw West Adelaide's kit today, uh, Alessia, their white kit. Uh, I mentioned it to you earlier to to have a look, and uh, I, I remember your comment was the sleeves. Wow! Yeah. So it is. I just a yeah. A couple of the shapes that are on there, you can see it on some of the other Macron stuff, especially the Adelaide Uni Home Kit. Some of the uh, chevrons or something like that yep. that is coming off from the shoulders down is just yeah, it's something you like to see. Like some, you don't want to see all these kits that have been reused over and over again. Blank. Adidas team wear or Nike team wear shorts, socks, stuff like that. Like some of the teams nowadays, they still got they got like Campbelltown Sport and Social Club on the back of their socks. And like Adelaide City probably got some Italian flags on their socks. It's better than just a plain color. What's I always the- say, look good, play good. So now some of these teams, <laughs> oh, I reckon there's some positive seasons coming up for a few of them if they got kits like that. They're finally jumping on board with that. I've been saying that for years as well. Mm-hmm. I think it sounds like we might have to do a, a kit tier list before, <laughs> during the season and just go through each one and see who's the who we don't like. Uh, All right, uh, that's not a bad shout there. I reckon, uh, are you guys with Kappa again? Are they still up at Mount Barker? Yeah, we are. Um, but yeah, we'll have to wait. And when these pictures of the media day come out, we'll have to do a, a tier list, I reckon. I was going to say, because I think some are un... Um, not va- not unveiled yet, I think, as well. We can't actually speak about I was told there were some. Yeah, there's plenty still not be. There's plenty yeah. still about that haven't been uh, released. And I still have to admit, I think probably Northern Demons Away kit last year was probably one of the best, that black one. Yeah, black. yeah. I remember playing the, against them with it. The geo shapes and things like that and the lines. I thought that was one of the, the best away kits last year. So, But I think there's going to be some good ones this year. Love a bit of fashion talk on the show. Mark, we'll go to you. Your pick of the week. Uh, my pick of the week actually is the facts uh, is the show. We uh, we kicked it off. So you, you you dropped them onto the Spotify uh, last week. We've had some really good uh, feedback from people listening in and things like that. But I wanted to raise it. The fact is, it's getting people talking. So I've had quite a, I've had a few people reach out to me face to face and by phone, going, "Hey, why are you putting us so low?" Like. Uh, we're going to do better than that. And uh, I know that uh, South have actually put the league, the one I predicted, which has, um, unfortunately, uh, second bottom, they've got that on their wall <laughs> as motivation. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? And do you know what? And I hope they stay up. I know I've got them getting it going down, but I hope they stay up because it's the closest club to me that's in the NPL that I can just go down and commentate on. Um, if they don't stay up, I've got to travel God knows where to, to do it. Um, yeah, so my I way. <laughs> uh, exactly. I'm, I'm going to be heading north and just keep going. So I'm hoping they stay up. Uh, but they're using that as motivation. They've got it on the wall in the change rooms to say, look, let's, let's prove a point here. So, um, and like I said, even my sister reached out to me. She's a, her, my nephew, plays Croydon. She reached out, oh, do you think Croydon are going to finish that line? I'm like, well, the other teams uh, might just be a little bit better, but it's, it's generating and it's just generating chat. It's just generating people are now discussing the league more. It's getting closer. And so I think it's just great that we're able to do this and and it's generating those conversations. Yeah, I mean, you hope they stay up as well as you hope they let you in after that prediction as well. Hopefully, maybe they'll charge for parking now every time you come there. Uh, so I've got a I've got a life member pass. So I get free parking, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah, they might revoke it still. Uh, that's with the Federation. So hopefully they, uh, hopefully they don't revoke it. We'll be all right. <laughs> Well, we'll get into some actual games now. Australia Cup preliminary round three in South Australia is coming up. We'll go through some key games, and at the end, we'll give you our predictions for how every game will turn out. I'll list all the games and where they are for you now. So first, we've got 
few games on the Friday night, first being between Elizabeth Downs and Port Adelaide at a Ghana Park at 7pm. You have an all-amateur clash between Bossa and Teetree Gully being played at Adelaide City Park, funny enough, at 7pm. Uh, a big State League One clash between LA Blue Eagles and Playford at Marden at quarter past seven on the same Friday. Gawler versus Norlunga, which is a second of the games we'll be talking about too, at Carbethan Reserve at 7.30. Western Strikers and Pembroke Old Scholars at Carnegie Reserve at quarter to eight on the Friday. And then to round off the Friday, Salisbury versus Ross Trevor Old Collegians at Steve Jar- Jarvis Park in Burton at 7.30. We move on to the Saturday between Fulham United and International from the Limestone Coast. Good to see some representatives from down there. Um, Adelaide Hills versus Adelaide Ammonia Cobras at the Hawks Nest up there at 2.30. Uh, Adelaide Pumas and Seaford Rangers at Thomas Turner Reserve, 2.30pm on the Saturday. Cumberland versus Ingle Farm, another amateur side being involved against the State League One side. Uh, Alia Bailey Reserve at 2.30. Alessio Yormount Barker versus Cove at 2.30 at Summit Sport and Recreation Complex. We'll be talking about that one. Uh, Adelaide Titans versus Northern Demons from up there being played at Athelston at 3 p.m. on the Saturday. Modbury Vista versus Narracourt United, another Limestone Coast representative against a, a possible promotion contender from State League 2 at New Spot Stadium in Modbury. Sacred Heart Old Collegians versus Elizabeth Grove at Sacred Heart College at 3 p.m. Vipers versus Sturt at St. Clair at 3 p.m. on the Saturday. West Adelaide versus Eastern United at Athelston on 6 p.m. on the Saturday. And the final game for that Saturday, Pontian versus Adelaide Uni at Yolumba Drive Reserve at 7pm. Three Sunday games, Power Hills East and West Torrens, Burkella. A fascinating one, to be honest, between the amateur and the State League One side at Cockburn Green at 3pm. Funny enough, not their actual home uh, ground, which is very interesting. Cockburn Green in Brahma Lodge. We'll definitely be talking about that one. Uh, Garn United versus Adelaide Victory at Ferriton Park, 5pm on the amateur side. And to round it off for this Round Unley United versus MA Hawks at West Beach Parks at 5 p.m. with Pitbulls FC having a bye. We'll go through all those again at the end and give our predictions on who we think will win and lose. But to start off with, we'll start on the Friday between Adelaide Blue Eagles and Playford and all State League One clash. Alessio, we'll go to you for this one. How do we see this panning out as a first real competitive outing for both of these SL1 sides? Thanks, Seb. Yeah, I think it's going to be a a major clash. I mean, both these sides definitely vying for the top six, if not even top four um, positions in the in the table. I think I might even watch this game. It's not too far from me, Martin Sports Complex, and I really haven't seen these two got these two teams play off against each other a lot in uh, my previous viewing of any State League One games. But from the last seasons that they had, I think Blue Eagles just finished seventh, so just outside the top six last season. But Playford made it. I think they lost an extra time to West Torrens Bacala, but they both uh, travel with some big support as well. I know you can hear a lot of it on the on the previous uh, MPL TV. Some of the uh, some of the Maori supporters of Playford, but it's good to see all of them come out and support. And it, it does get loud. It's definitely an atmosphere. If you ever go away to Playford, and I'm sure we're going to talk about some of the other Northern teams that have a home game uh, in the cup this week. But Blue Eagles as well. They're two imports. So hopefully, they both play this week. Um, I got knowledge that uh, Ricardo De Silva was recovering from a hamstring injury the past few games. We hadn't been playing, but uh, Dante had, and he's been scoring as well, which is good to see. And they've had a bit of a change-up with some of the players they've signed and some of the positions. Got some youngsters coming through, Blue Eagles as well. And you can't forget Playford as well. They spent big last year, and they got into the finals and got somewhat far, which is a a good thing for them. Um, But they spent again this year, and they've got some more players, and hopefully they'll see... I reckon this tie could even go to extra time. That's how good these two sides are together. I couldn't really um, pit one against each other, but in my opinion, it's going to go to extra time at least. Mark, we'll go on to you as well for this one. Of course, an all-state league one clash. Fascinating one. Playford, as we spoke about last week, possible promotion contenders, I think we all agreed on. Do you see a similar thing where this will go to extra time? or? Yeah, look, I, to be honest, I think I'm going to favour Playford just. Um, if every if they've got their full squad, we know that Bluey might be short the likes of the Silver and, and a couple of players through injury. If, if the Silver's not there, it, it does leave a big hole for them, especially from the creative side. Um, and I think that's what they lacked last year. They had Dante to score, and he scored plenty of goals, but they lacked sort of a creativity in general. So if if he's not there, I think that might just sway the tie 
towards Playford. Playford were a good side last year. They have strengthened. I've just seen some of their their announcements of players, and they've released and they have announced all their same players from last year. Quite a few of them have stayed. So, uh, to be honest, I think it will be a great great game to watch. I think it'll be a very very tough battle. Um, but I just yeah, I think it's it's going to be it's going to set the tone. I think for both clubs, we'll we'll see where they. This game will show us how they're going to play a little bit, and it will sort of put us in a bit of a mind of what they what we can expect from them through the league as well. We'll go on to our next one on the Friday. We'll leave one very particular clash to last, which is also on the Friday. Uh, Gawler Eagles versus Norlunga. What do you want to say about it? Yeah, look, I think it's going to be a very interesting game, and in the fact that we've I think we all picked uh, Hills, Norlunga, and Gawler to be in that that sort of bottom three in the state league two. Uh, so I think it's going to be a very interesting game to see how both teams line up and how they settle. Yes, I know it's going to be what we're all picking to be bottom of the table clash over the course of the season. But if one team, could, we know one team's going to get the win, that could give them a lot of confidence leading into the season not to be in that battle of of a, a with us or two, the wooden spoon. So um, I think it's a, a quite an interesting clash in the fact that it will allow one just that slight upper hand. Whoever gets that win. We'll have that up hand going into the league against them and against thinking that Adelaide Hills obviously were poor last year. It'll give them that little bit of an upper hand over both those teams going in going, hey, if we can beat Gawler, if we can beat Nolunga, then it puts them in quite a good position, I think, moving into round one next week. So it'll be interesting to see who gets the win there. Uh, and like I said, I think it just sets, but it will set that winner up just enough for that round one clash. Um, going into the season. Yeah, I think as well, it's going to be interesting to see. I know, I don't know if you've ever been in the position, but if you're one of the lower half teams, how long do you want a cup run to go? I mean, squads are getting bigger and bigger these days and you've got more depth in all areas, but to if you get go far in the cup, maybe they might get an amateur side next or they might even make it to the next one. It just creates more games in the schedule, which players I'm sure love. But coaches, it's more difficult for them as well to know that Who's going to stay fit for all this? Am I going to play a weak inside or a strong inside? Or how far away am I from getting to the national stage of this cup? Like, it's it's going to be very interesting to see uh, if we've both all pipped them as relegation sides. What are they going to do in the cup here? Are they going to maybe play both weak sides because they both know that this is probably not the most important part of their season. They really want to stay up and have some positive results to start the season. But as you said as well, it might just give them confidence. Either team, if they can get a win, they'll be like, Oh, at least I've beaten one of the, my rivals. So, yeah, I think it'll be a very interesting game, especially at, I think it's the new Carbethan Reserve as well. They've had some construction work going on there in the off-season as well. I know the club rooms have had an upgrade. I know the grass has been relayed. I don't think they've played any preseason games there so far. So they've been, they've been training elsewhere um, until it's been finished. So they've done a lot of work, a lot of volunteers as well. I've been seeing on their Facebook have uh, got around with the working bee and helped um, paint some of the insides of the club rooms and, going to be an interesting place to go. Um, that was the first place I ever went to in State League 2 to make my debut and it was a it's an interesting place to say the least. Grass is a bit uneven, the change rooms were a bit small. I don't think the showers had curtains on them. Um, yeah, I was going to say they're, they're a little bit old school in that regard. They do have, when I was there last, they did have some partitions between the showers I think, um, but very small change rooms. Park your car, nowhere near the softball and baseball ovals and you'd be okay. Uh, but yeah, you're right with the pitch. It was never brilliant. It was uh, always quite a dust bowl in the in the goal mouths and and a little bit bumpy. So, but I can't say too much. I do don't mind that pitch. I scored a hat trick on that pitch and from centre half. How many of them were penalties or set pieces? <laughs> Just the one. How many from none from corners? So, two <laughs> <laughs> set pieces and one one penalty. <laughs> but no, that's so. what you want in the cup as well. A difficult place to go makes a lot of things yeah. interesting. To see a game like that go to extra time with a, you don't know how late it goes into the night. Um, the pitch might get a bit worse if it gets a bit wet. I don't think it's got any chance of being wet this weekend, but yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I like to see cup ties like that at grass pitches as well, even as the playing fields for most teams. So we'll go on to our next one. Alessio, your journey to lining up against Bruno Fornaroli in the Australia Cup final starts this weekend with Hove. How are you and your squad feeling about this one? Well, it's it's a, a big occasion for both teams. There's a couple of milestones going on in the game. We've got Ryan Beach's 300th, uh, our captain as well, Caleb Short's 100th, and my 10th game. So you've got some <laughs> big 
We've got some big milestones going on. A game at home as well for us. Uh, we always want to start off the season. I think I remember going at previous clubs, seeing some of their uh, predictions for the se- or like team goals for the seasons, and it was stay undefeated at home or uh, make top six, stuff like that. And I think that's a big thing if you can make wherever your home ground is a fortress. And I hope we can do that this year. They've had some positive results in pre-season, Cove, and I think all four of us, when David was here, had predicted them to be at least in the title challenge, if not top three. Um, so they got all the backing. I'm sure they'll be the odds-on favourite. But at this stage, uh, I think we just finished our pre-season quite strongly, um, playing another top side in Eastern United, who most people would have picked as well to be in one of the top three uh, in the league, State League 2, after being relegated. And we, we gave a game to them. Um, I think on another day, it could go our way. A couple of defensive um, mistakes and uh, a couple of goals that could be definitely uh, stopped. But other than that, I think it's going to be a, a tough game. Uh, I was talking to some players today and they, they think it's going to go to extra time as well for some reason. Um, and you're signing Anthony Taylor. He was telling me he reckons it's going to be 3-2 to Mount Barker in extra time. Um, not confident in your back one then. <laughs> I'll, leave, I'll leave my prediction to... Uh, the end of the game, but I'm in that back line, so I don't want to concede that many goals. <laughs> did he? Uh, did he give us mods on that by any chance? <laughs> no. Nah. And what's this? You playing in the back line? Are you you being shifted from a winger to a fullback? Well, I don't want to give away any of our coaching <laughs> no, techniques. But you, have, you have you have to see the lineup. It's not specifically defensive line, but it's it's still out wide. So okay, you have to see. Right. <laughs> you have to come up. You have to come up to the Barker or on Friday night. Soon. On Saturday, it's oh, our game. Saturday. Ah, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Well, you like. can come. You can come to Northern Demons away on a Sunday night. That's, that's <laughs> when our that's when our game is against them. So on a Sunday. Yeah, I think I think one of their players is a or someone at the club is a wedding, so the whole team is going to be there on Saturday. <laughs> so not the whole team, the whole city. Yeah, so hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they hung over enough to let us take the win on a Sunday. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, it'll be a good game. My first actual senior cup game I've ever played, so I'm keen to see that. And as you said, the journey to Bruno Fornaroli, but I think I'd rather have the journey to maybe Adelaide United. That'd be a, <laughs> a good, uh, yeah, especially the way they're going. I'd like to face off against them instead of an informed Melbourne victory. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll go on to our next one uh, on the Saturday as well. Pontian Eagles versus Adelaide Uni at Yolumba Drive Reserve at 7pm, a night game. Magic of the Cup, as we always say. What are we saying about this one? Look, I think uh, this one's going to be, won't be an easy game uh, for either side, but I think Uni, with uh, the likes, they've got some good players, they've signed some good players, they've got Phil Stubbins in as coaches, we know, who's who did really well with them last year. Um, but I just think uh, it'll it'll be a tough game, especially going to Yolumba Drive. It's never easy. I, I always, as a player, always struggled when I went to games that didn't have a fence around the pitch and we're in the middle of a quite a large space like Vipers used to play at St. Clair and Fulham used to play down at Valletta. Um, I always struggled on those pitches. Uh, the, for me, the deception of how far the pitch was, how big the pitch was always was magnified by the open space. So it's never easy. I know they've had some, they've had uh, a lot of work done down there or getting some work done down at Yolumba Drive, but uh, it, it's not going to be an easy game for uni, uh, but I, I think they'll probably have enough in the tank to, to get by, I think. Yeah, I remember, I think the last time I actually went to Pontine, I remember, I think it, it might have been another cup game. And I remember going there and like, we yeah, no fence, of course, but I remember some people, I assume from the club, brought out a couch onto the sidelines and watched the game from a couch. Like it was the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. And it wasn't just like a, it was a long couch too. Like it, it was the, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And it was a cup game. And there was like a bunch of people on the couch sitting on the top, standing behind it. Like absolutely ridiculous. Just, just a story. Uh, Alessio, on to you. We played them not long ago in a cup game as well. And I think they had the deck chairs out on the sidelines. My mum was saying she went to go get a drink, and by the time she came back, she lost her seat. So they they do have some crowds there as well, and it's a new club rooms as well. We we went in there. I think the away change room is probably bigger than most teams' home change rooms. They got four showers even. It, it was a great facility to play at, even as an away team. I think 
we had our reserves playing at the same time as well. And they had all four change rooms in use. So that's something you never don't really see or you don't really get uh, accustomed to, especially if you're the away team. Usually they confine you to one change room for all three teams. But I think, uh, same as Mark said, uh, pitch without fences. And I think, I'm not sure the dimensions of it, but it's got to be one of the smallest ones in the league. And I think, especially the way uni play, we played them in preseason and they were one of the best possession-based teams and they love to get the overloads out wide. And I think uh, it might play in Pontian's hand, especially how short and how narrow that pitch is. It's going to be the way, It's going to be good for them to use their pace. Um, I know they have a couple of quick African players out wide and some uh, nifty centre midfielders as well that if, you could, if they just get one in behind, got a speedy winger onto it, creates a lot of danger in behind. So I think it might be a bit of a, a smoky for an upset there. I think Adelaide Uni are going to be one of the top three teams in this league. But to go away, a grass pitch in the cup against a team that, uh, as same as others, a uh, couple of the other lower-placed teams in the State League 2 last year, not many people are going to have a high expectation of. And I think they, they might have some surprises there, some surprise players that uh, are going to create a, a bit of danger at uh, the back there for Adelaide Uni. So it's going to be a good game. We'll go on to the Sunday uh, second-to-last game we'll talk about before, I think, the big headline game. Parry Hills East versus West Torrens Burkella. A very interesting one for the, f- the few reasons for my liking, to be honest. Parry Hills East winning the, the Sassel Cup last year against Elizabeth Downs, we'll be talking about after this one. But also not playing at their home ground of Parry Hills Oval either. They're playing at Cockburn Green, which is the, the home of Rummer Lodge, who used to be a, a Sunday Division One side in Sass. I'm not too sure of the reasoning as to why Parry Hills East are playing there, whether it's certain cup regulations. I'm not sure if either of you know about that one. But them versus a strong West Torrens Burkala, but a side has also proven themselves to be the best side in the Sunday division of the amateur league. I don't know who wants to go on this one next, but pretty fascinating to me. Look, for me, Parahul's See, I'm going back many years when they were when I used to be involved in the amateur league. They were such a strong side. They'd play up on the hill, and it was just a nightmare going up there. They, um, But they were such a strong side and, and just a typical amateur side. It was so hard to play up there. But... They they lost their way for a few years, well, for quite a few years. Uh, back got relegated second. a few years ago, I believe. Yeah, yeah, they were back in the second division and that. Um, and then for them to come out and win the, the cup last year against a good downside, it it, it does pose that they're in the, the right direction. I'm not as too sure why they're having to play at the old Brahma, Brahma pitch, but I don't think at this stage there's any, there's no cup uh, restrictions on fencing and pitches and things like that at this stage of the, the competition. So uh, from that point, I think it might be just the fact they could be saving their pitch or they might, it just not might not be ready because it is a council, council-based pitch. So it could be the fact that the council just is, hasn't got the pitch ready and the fact that it might, might be having some irrigation works or something like that. But it is a very interesting game in the fact that Burke's got a, got a new coach, um, a few new players, how well have they gelled? Uh, I know they've got Devereaux, they've got Costa Mantis, so they've got some good players there. Um, but again, have they gelled well enough to to play? I, I don't have them finishing in the six, I don't think, this year, but uh, it, it's going to be a very interesting game. You, you would say that Burke should, and when I say they should, they should win. Um, but you, you're going away from home against an amateur side, and I can tell you now, the amateur side will run all day, they will work their socks off, and they will hit those players hard. They're going to hit Burke with every single challenge they can possibly get. So whether or not those players are going to be aware of that and how they handle that is going to be another story altogether. They'll go there. The change rooms are probably not going to be very nice because I know Burke's change rooms are very spacious. Even their away change rooms are very spacious, very nice. So they're going to go away to, to probably a shoebox and uh, and have to settle in quite quickly. So it'll be tough. I mean, you would think Burke's will have it, but it's it's not going to be an easy game, I don't think. Yeah, I agree. I think yeah, you summed it up pretty well there. I think Parry Hills East, they're not, not a side to take lightly and they've got a, quite a few good players there. I know they had Nick Bernardi. I think they had Taylor Martin maybe would have been there from Salisbury. Um, I know they tried to poach a couple of our players before they signed on to Mount Barker. So I know they got a bit of a pull there in the amateur league and I think it might be a bit of a surprise to uh, West Torrens-Bacala. I think they made it all the way to the 
semi-finals or was it last year and they lost out to, Bur- yep, to Metro, Metro. Metro Stars. And I think they did face quite a few State League 2 teams and they struggled a little bit uh, in the early rounds. I think they played Norlunga. They had to beat them in extra time. They played Eastern United. I remember commentating that one and it was not the easiest of games. And then they had to face up against the MPL powerhouse of Metro Stars and that was the hardest of them all. But I think, yeah, as, as Mark mentioned, playing a team again that's on grass and it's going to be a tight change rooms, tight pitch probably. The fans are going to be right up against you as well while you're taking throw-ins and corners. I think that's going to be something that maybe Bacala are not used to and it's going to play into the hands of the amateur side and maybe they can get another uh, surprise result. I'm sure for these amateur sides, if they get any team that's probably State League 1 or above, they think they can compete on the same level as them and this is their chance to prove it. Yeah, and I think the only other thing that's worked it works probably in Burke's favour is the fact the amateur side's probably only started training two weeks ago. So their season doesn't start until March, end of March, maybe early April. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like it's Easter that they, they start. So Yeah, it's normally it's normally weekends after or the weekend before Easter, then a bye and then round two. Yeah, so they're they're not kicking off for at least another four weeks at least. So they'll only just be kicking pre season off. So I think that bodes well for Burks in that fact, but it'll be interesting to see. I will just counterpoint that by saying playing for an amateur side myself. I think we, our A's, uh, started preseason at beginning of January. Now, I'm not sure if that's the same for clubs around, but our A's are a Div 2 Sunday side. So if <laughs> if we're in Sunday Div 2, I'm not sure where what Parry Hills East will be doing. So just a... Yeah, uh, another counterpoint well, to that. Do so you guys start at the beginning of January and you guys will kick off? So you guys have had effectively you'll have three months. Eight. Yeah. Wow. Wow, you'd have what twelve week preseason. Yep. That's and the, yeah, I was gonna say the actual season isn't that long either. <laughs> <laughs> Our final game we'll talk about in depth is arguably, I think, maybe the headliner and not because of the 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 state league side because the amateur side elizabeth downs versus poor adelaide i think whenever you see downs in the cup it gets people excited because they had that amazing run a couple of years ago and they're arguably a, a state league two team in disguise it's it's incredible they've had they've won the they've won the sunday division one three years in a row now since 21 they've won six in total pretty much winning the the sassel cup every year of course barring Last year, they're just an incredible amateur team against a Port Adelaide side who is just relegated. I fully back the upset. I don't even know if you could call it an upset if they're <laughs> only two team in disguise. It's probably more of a derby or something. But <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to be uh, probably the headliner game of the of the seat of the cup round, as you could see the other previous fixtures. But I've been to a Downs game personally. I know a couple of you guys have as well. Uh, especially if it's a night game, that's just ridiculous atmosphere. The crowds are huge. The noise is big. The the lineup for the food at half time is even bigger. Like it's going to be one of the best games. And I know Port Adelaide have lost a couple of players since going down as well. They've gained a few as well. But I think it's going to be a, a big surprise to them uh, going away to Elizabeth Downs on a Friday night. Yeah, look, former Port boy, I want them to go through. And I'm a veil. When I was a kid, I was a veil boy, so I don't want the Downs to succeed. Um, however, when you look at it, you look at their cup run. Um, the club itself is run fantastically. I know Benny Aldridge, there, is the chairman of the club, or was I think he still is. He's doing a great job running the club, um, and they just bring bring players in. I mean, you look at when they had that cup run. I reckon they had the likes of. Um, Kelly was playing, who used to play at Elizabeth City back in the day. Jason Trimboli was playing, uh, Scotty Morrison. Uh, they had uh, Gomez, who was, funny enough, playing at West Adelaide. Uh, I think Benny Aldridge actually was in goal at the time, sorry, who's now chairman. So they had it. They had a lineup. They had the Lindsay brothers playing as well. Um, and yeah, it was a it was a State League Two side in disguise. It was a fantastic team. So Port are going to, I think Port will. I said, I really want them to win. Uh, I said, I, but the Downs, you go there at Garner Park, I'll tell you what, you don't need a, that, that pitch doesn't have a fence. But the amount of people, it, it does, it does now, but I get what you mean. Now. Yeah. But, and now the fact that they're going to have four or five people deep all the way around the pitch, there's your fence. Yeah. So what, you say the lineups, it's loud and the lineups long and stuff like that, mate, but don't forget those players are going to absolute cop 
an absolute bath from those supporters every time they touch a ball. Every time something goes wrong, those supporters are going to jump straight onto those poor players. I can guarantee it. They will hammer them for the rest of the game. One loose touch. If if they get if a poor player gets nutmegged in, in a challenge or like the player takes him one on one, that player's not going to hear the end of it until that whistle blows at 90, 95 minutes. If, like, if, yeah, they might not. That's the thing. They might still hear about it after. But, and, and they will do, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not only a battle of a, a battle in general. It's not just a football game there. It's actually going to be such a psychological battle for, I have to admit, psychological battle for those Port Pirate boys because of the, the supporters. They are... They will let them know when something goes wrong, and when they when when they're down score there, I tell you what, as you said, it's loud. It's it's it is ridiculously. I, I honestly think it doesn't even compare to some MPL sides. Genuinely. Oh no, 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 mate. MPL sides, I can tell you now. MPL sides would love to have the supporters that the Downs have, because I reckon I tell you what, if, if you were to do it, the Downs would probably have the most supporters in, across the three leagues. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, or go close to if they if they don't have have them. And uh, so, yeah, so I, I, I said I want Port to, to win. That's uh, my old club. Um, but the downs are just, they're another level in, in the amateur league. And, and like I said, what the, the club itself brings uh, to a game like that. I mean, we saw, I saw some drone footage from when they played Metro that night. I think it was Metro that night. Yeah, played. I was there. I was there. I, I saw some drone footage of that and it was just phenomenal. And I, like I said, I, I grew up in the amateur league. So I, I, I've been to many downs games and, and, and been to Ghana Park and, and whatnot. And it is just, it's a great atmosphere. Uh, and I think the Port Boys, like I said, it's going to be a, a, not only a, a battle on the pitch from a toughness point of view, but it'll be a battle football-wise because I think Downs don't play bad football. They they try and keep the ball. They try and play football. Um, but again, it's going to be also a massive psychological battle for those Port Boys to to shut out what's going to that noise that, that the Downs supporters will bring along. Yeah, just on that Metro game, I remember I went to that game. I reckon it was late in the game. Or it might have even been extra time because on the way home from from training and we we're going to pop in, just be like, oh, I'll see see how it's gone. We knew it was on. And you just you come past on, on even just Main North Road and you just see the lights and the people. Like, it was, I, I'd never seen anything like it even in any anywhere in, in the state. It was... They had temporary at that time. They had a, a temporary half fence up around the pitch, whereas now yep. they having I think I've played it down since then. Um, they now have a full fence and even like a, a net behind the goal as well. But even then, it was just incredible to see the amount of support and people that would go to watch downs in as an amateur team. Yeah, we'll go through every single game and give our predictions. If we think we'll win again, we'll sort of do it like how we did our, our ladder prediction last week. I'll just say the the two teams, and you just tell me who you think's going to come on top. So we'll do them all in order, starting with Downs versus Port Adelaide. I pick Elizabeth Downs. I pick Downs as well. Yeah, look, I've already said it. I'd love Port to go through, but I just think at at, at home for the Downs, I think they're going to have enough to get over over port. Sorry, sorry port boys. I apologize. <laughs> Next another, one. Another post you're in the change room for you, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the cup, though. Just for the cup. Next one, Bossa versus Tea Tree Gully or Amateur Affair. I reckon Gully will come out on top there at Adelaide City Park. Again, another neutral ground game as well. Yeah, I'll stick with you on that one. I'm going to go Bossa. I think I know a few boys there that play at um, Bossa and they seem like they're enjoying it there. I like to see some of the pictures they post when they get a couple wins there. So I'm going to give Bossa a chance in that one. Another big one, Adelaide Blue Eagles versus Playford at Marden. It's a tough one, I reckon, this one, but I reckon Playford. Can we go the draw and just leave it as extra time? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to, I think I'll go Playford. Yeah, I reckon I might go Playford as well. I think they've got just a bit bit much more if um, Dante's only playing by himself without Ricardo. Gawler, Eagles versus no longer. I reckon I'll go Gawler as home ground advantage. Yeah. Same here, Gawler. Just on that home ground advantage. Yeah, they've uh, picked West... up a couple of results recently as well. I think that they're going to um, get it. I think they've got a few plays back from injury as well. I know they had, they had some problems in the middle of the preseason with about six or more out. Major yeah, they had ACL that. Um, and they've 11-0 lost to, to Fulham as well. 
Yeah, so I think they've they've picked up a few now. They've announced their captain as well, Connor O'Reilly, who I think he's a previous Croydon and Metro Stars first team player. Uh, definitely at Croydon, he was signed last season for their first team. So I think he might have had a bit of an injury last year, but he's obviously back and he's got the captaincy straight away in his first season signed. So that shows a lot um, of trust from Terry Frangarkis there. Salisbury United versus Ross Trevor or Collegians, I reckon Salisbury. Just on that one, I can. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it, but for the first time in the club's history, they've renamed their park. So they uh, they used to be uh, Steve Jarvis Steve Park, Jarvis. The, old, the old Steve Jarvis Park. Uh, then they moved to Burton, and that was named the new Steve Jarvis. They've just announced a week ago now that they've entered a partnership with PSD and uh, in energy and they're free in naming rights to the, the football ground at Burton. So it's now going to be the PSD Energy Stadium, I'm assuming. Um, and the bar is, or the rooms upstairs where they host all their functions is now going to be the Steve Jarvis uh, function centre, basically. So a bit of a shout out there to, to, to the Salisbury, Salisbury gang, who I know, well, previously I've, I've known the, the chairman and things like that. So shout out to those guys. But yeah, very exciting for them to, to be able to do that and enter a, a partnership like that for naming rights. Are they going to take a pick as well in the game or? Imagine give them all that and you give it. Yeah, it's going to be Ross Trevor for me. Easy win away from home. <laughs> uh, I think will get up there. Yeah, I think Salisbury as well are going to get up. They've, yeah, got some few nice additions. We played against them as well. We've got a Japanese player there. Ibuki Shinto, I think he's one to watch. I think he scored a hat trick in one of those preseason games, and I think he scored against Campbelltown as well. So I think he's going to be an interesting player to watch throughout the season. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to win this one against Ross Trevor. As of recording, it's Valentine's Day, so we'll talk about your second love, Alessio. Fulham versus International at West Beach. Who do you think is coming out on top? The Limestone Coast side, I don't reckon. I think the travel will be a bit too much, and Fulham, as you have previously gone on about, uh, the quality of them will be too much as well. Yeah, home ground advantage as well for Fulham. You know, they play an artificial every week. I think it's going to be an easy game for them. Straight through for Fulham for me. Yeah, I'm with Fulham on that one as well. Uh, I don't see an upset, unfortunately, for, for Inter with their travel. Adelaide Hills Hawks versus Adelaide Ammonia Cobras at the Hawks next on uh, 2.30 <laughs> on the Saturday. What are we thinking? I reckon Cobras. Yeah, Cobras, uh, I think, will we'll win that one. And comfortably, yeah, I think, think Cobras as well, yeah. It's obviously a difficult place to go, the Hawks' nest. Uh, I'm not sure what the pitch is like at this time of the year, but Cobras as well have to deal with playing on their own surface during the year. So I think they've got too much quality. We said they were going to be one of the top sides in the State League 1, almost probably going for the title. So compare that to Adelaide Hills Hawks, who most people had near the bottom. I think it's going to be a very one-sided affair. Yes, yeah, the Hawks' nest is a very difficult place to go. Well, it is and it isn't. Their pitch has gotten so much better over the last few years. Uh, it's not as heavy as what it used to be. Done a lot of work there. So, uh, but this time of year, you go up there. It's uh, it'll only be a, a nice bar in the eighteen degrees instead of a freezing three degrees. Um, so I think uh, Cobras probably falls in Cobras' favour, and that pitch will be pretty pristine at this time of year. It's a bit interesting. So I think this weekend is predicted to be about 35, 36. Yeah, warm so one. Yeah, if most of these games kicking off at 2.30, it might be it's, a, it's another leveler for a lot of players and a lot of teams that playing in a hot weather, you can't play as fast-flowing attacking football. Maybe your players don't feel as fit in this heat. So it could be an interesting equaliser as well as we talk about pitches. Well, it depends on what time they have to push those games out too. Do they need to... What's, what's that weather... What's the weather forecast for a game to be pushed out to 6 o'clock? Is it 35? Yeah, I thought it was 37 maybe. 37? Yeah. So... Saturday is supposed to be around 34, so it's going to be a tough one. Plenty of drink breaks. Adelaide Pumas versus Seaford Rangers. I reckon Seaford will come out on top there. Um, I would say Seaford should come out on top there. It's away from home. Uh, it's at the Pumas ground, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I still think Seaford have probably got enough in the player ranks and uh, coaching ranks there to, to get through. Yeah, I don't really know too much about Adelaide Pumas. to so how good of an amateur uh, collegiate team they are, but I think Seaford might just have too much for me, even though... They've lost their top scorer, Brian, as we talked about last week. I think they probably have a bit a bit too much quality still for a team like Adelaide Pumas. To Cumberland versus Ingle Farm, another amateur side game at AA Bailey Reserve, 2.30pm. Are we backing the upset or do we think Cumberland will be too strong? I reckon in this case, Cumberland will come out on top. Yeah, agreed. I think Cumberland will be the winner in this game as well. They've 
had a few good signings, had a solid end to their preseason as well. I think they got a win in the end um, in their last game, and I think they're going to take the win over Ingle Farm. Yeah, look, I'll I'll stick with the uh, with you boys on this. I think Ingle Farm, unfortunately, if it was at their ground, then I think it would be a lot closer. I think it would be a, a tougher game for Cumberland. But playing on the artificial, I think Cumberland will, will get up. Alessio, be careful about what you say with this one, Mount Barker versus Cove. <laughs> I would hope you predict a win, but if not, I think you might be losing your position and possible place at the club. <laughs> well, yeah, I think we've got some fans from Mount Barker. I know maybe not my coach Nigel will be watching, so hello to him back home. But I definitely will keep it on the uh, expected trajectory and uh, predict the Mount Barker upset against the odds. I like to be the underdog, so see how it goes. But I think it's going to be an interesting one, and I hope we get up. It'll be a big, big thing at the club if we can get over a, a top team like that. And it's actually not not too dissimilar from what they did last year. One of their first games back at home was against the recently relegated uh, Adelaide Hills Hawks, and that was a win. So they do like to get some early wins in the season. I think they beat Salisbury there as well at home. So it could be a difficult place to come at the start of the season. I hope it is this year as well. All right. I'm going to go with my heart here. I'm going to stick with Alessio. I'm going to go for for Barker, um, just because I'd love to. I'd love to see it. Um, I think Cove are going to be a very good side, but uh, I'm going to. I normally will go with my head, but I'm going with my heart on this one, Alessio, for you, mate. So I'll I'll go with uh, Barker. I'm going with Cove. Adelaide Titans <laughs> versus Northern Demons on the Saturday <laughs> in Athelston. Who do you think is coming on top here? I don't really know yet. Too many players at Adelaide Titans at the moment. Um, we talked about Northern Demons having a few of their imports as well the last few weeks. So I think uh, it looks like they're playing at Athelston, which is at Eastern United's pitch on artificial as well. So I think uh, I think Northern Demons are going to come away with this one. They have some quality in that team still from last year. I think they just about missed out in the finals as well. So I think they'll have enough this year as well and at least beat, this, uh, beat Adelaide Titans in the first round. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll second. I think that I think we'll go with the demons on that. So I watched a bit of their game last week against uh, Western Strikers, and I think ended up in a one-all draw with Strikers. And I know that both teams were, were missing, uh, were missing some players, but I think Demons had about nine, eight or nine players from their squad out because of, funny enough, a wedding. Uh, I told you, mate. They you have a wedding in Pyramid, mate, you lose the whole town. Um, <laughs> and I mean that. I mean that as a, as a good gesture for the the. The, uh, the whole town because I do love the Demons are a great, great group of people and I got to play in their, their past players game last week which was an absolute barrel of laughs and, and great to catch up with some players So, uh, but I'll go with the Demons on this one Yeah, I reckon I'll agree. Northern Demons for me too. Modbury Vista versus a Limestone Coast side and Narrow Court United. Again, I think the travel just might be a bit too much as well. It's 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 a long it's a it's a long distance to have to go for a game of football, but I reckon Modbury look pretty yeah. strong themselves. Yeah, I think you're right there. So I'm going with the uh, with Modbury as well. Yeah, I think I agree. Modbury Vista they've been one of the strongest sides in preseason, carried on their form from last year, and I think they're going to come away with a win early to start the season. Yeah, although we have predicted both of the Limestone Coast sides to not make it through, we do love the fact that they are competing in these early rounds of the Australia Cup as well. It's definitely. Great to see. That's brilliant. Next one, Sacred Heart Old Collegians versus Elizabeth Grove. Probably one which we wouldn't know too much about, to be completely honest. I'm not too sure. No, I think I've seen Sacred Heart play baller, I think, in a preseason game, maybe. I've seen them play some uh, one of the league sides in a preseason game. I think they lost 3-0. So I think it was a State League 2 team as well. And I think Elizabeth Grove, to my knowledge, have been somewhat consistent in their um, league, respectively. So I think I'm going to give it to Elizabeth Grove just because I know a bit more about them and I saw the Sacred Heart loss in preseason. So not much uh, extensive knowledge on them both, but I'm going to give it to Elizabeth Grove. Yeah, um, I'd agree with Grove. Well, I'm going to go with the Grove. Stick with the Elizabeth boys, the Peckers and green and gold. On to Vipers versus Sturt at St. Clair, also on the Saturday. I reckon... Sturt will come out on top here. Yeah, look, I think I have to go with Sturt. I think I've got Sturt to finish in the top half. Promoted. You said they'd be promoted. Well, I've got them as two, so depending on how that obviously goes. Yes, final, so, um, but yeah, I've got them pushing pushing the top of the table. So you have to go Sturt. The only, I think, with Vipers, obviously, they've got a great supporter base. 
Um, absolutely fantastic supporter base out there. It's an open field at St. Clair, so that might play into the hands for them a little bit. Um, they obviously are used to Astro as well, so they're on the grass. It could, could play a bit of a key for Vipers. Um, and just I did notice this week that they've lost back at CDs who moved to Comets. Um, I'm assuming he's going to be the direct replacement for Tommy G, who we spoke about earlier in the show. But I still think Sturt have got enough in the tank to, or not enough in the tank, but the band just started, but enough uh, quality there to get the win. Yeah, I think I saw one of the preseason games that Comets played against Blue Eagles and Vakasidis came off the bench. I think they still had at the back um, Nathan Dimu still. Can't remember who the other centre-back partnering him was. Vatanos, Nick Vatanos, one of the young players they had last year was partnering him in defence. But in terms of this prediction, I think I'm going to give it to Sturt as well. The grass pitch as well, as we said, it's a tough place to go. I never have actually played or watched the game at St. Clair Oval. But I do remember when Sturt were first in the MPL, they got quite a few good results on grass pitches. I remember them coming back to beat Blue Eagles away, beating Raiders away. Um, so I think they're quite good on grass, actually, Sturt, even though they don't play on it too often. A lot of the players seem to prefer it, especially a player like Michael Moroni. I remember when he came to the club at Sturt, he said, I don't even know what artificial boots are because I never played on it. So I think he'll enjoy it as well on the grass pitch. Uh, hopefully he plays in that midfield role as well. Might see him run the park. West Adelaide versus Eastern United also says at um, Athelston as well, which I didn't even take track of. So an away game, but a home game for Eastern United for an unknown reason. Not sure if that's a mistake. Yeah, no, but West, Adelaide, reckon... West Adelaide, funny enough, you mentioned that. I just saw today West Adelaide requested to play at Easton's ground. So um, obviously their pitch isn't ready, um, which we all know, but works have begun from what their post uh, was the other day. So we'll keep a close eye on that. We might be getting to finally discover what a Kilburn is uh, in regards of time frame. So that would be fantastic. Um, but I, it's going to be, when it's finished, wow, it's going to be a fantastic venue. Um, it would be just great for the game, great for West Adelaide to have a home and things like that. So really looking forward to that actually being open. Um, but this is it's going to be not an easy game for either side, but I'll, I'll, I think I'll go with uh, West Adelaide. I just think they'll have a little bit more quality. Uh, Eastern obviously getting relegated. I think it will be a West Adelaide win there. But it may, even that, I say it may be possibly extra time. Yeah, I think I agree with West Adelaide shout of them taking the lead. I think they had one of the surprise results of the preseason. They're beating Adelaide City last weekend, which I never saw coming. Yeah, one um, yeah, for, for a penalty. So I think that's a it's a, a good positive to know, especially some of the rumours coming out. Players might be leaving, coaches changed, not sure about the pitch. So to see them still put the results up on the park, I think they're going to have a positive start to the season with a win here at Eastern United. And it's a it's a it's obviously a good place to go, it looks like. Um, back-to-back games, 3 o'clock kickoff, then a 5 p.m. kickoff at Athelstan. So they're making some good money there at Eastern, hosting two games for other teams. I'm sure that bar is going to get a run for its money as well. Last game for the Saturday as well. Pontian versus Uni at Yolumba Drive Reserve. 7pm kickoff. Spoke about this one earlier. I reckon Pontian will come out on top. I'll go with Uni. I just think they've, yeah. they've got a lot of quality and I, I just think they'll they'll probably just pip it um, just enough to get over Pontian's. Yeah, I, I that was one of the games I had starred as a could be a potential upset, especially with how Pontian played us a couple of weeks ago and they just utilize all the plays they had but i do think uni as well will have enough quality in the pitch and especially the way they play even if that pitch is very short they'll find a way to crack open the team especially you've got players like paul peter mercurio you've got raf Prasina, you've got some of the young players as well some of the, they got their own quick players as well with hugo remington nice technical players as well demos caragianis so i think i think i'm going to give uni this even though the amount up i have picked up pontians away pitch i think i'm going to get uni to uh, Chris in that pitch with a, a win for the away side. Now on to our Sunday games. Another one we spoke about, Parra Hills East versus Burkella. I reckon, again, the amateur home side, well, technically home side, not home this game, but I still reckon Burkella will come out on top. Yeah, I'd like to think oh, yeah. Burks will have enough quality to come out on top, so I'll go with the Burks. I'd like to see the amateur sides go through, but I think Burks will have this one. I reckon it's going to be a bit too soon for some of these players to gel for Burkella. I'm going to give it to the amateur side. Oh, yeah. um, looks like a lot of them we love it we love it from one of the players i know that have, uh, play there they've been together such a long time they've got such a good bond um and bacallo is always a 
topsy-turvy kind of team. They're always going up and down and new players coming in and out. I'm going to give it to the uh, amateur side. It's going to be one of the, probably the last cup set if it's on a Sunday that will occur during the week, but I'll give it to them. Gone United versus Adelaide Victory, amateur versus State League. Uh, I reckon Victory will come out on top on this one. And Garn's always an interesting one. They have they've had some good cup runs in the past. Um, a lot of all this seems to be off field issues follow them as well. So you just never know what you're going to get from Garn. So I, I ideally I'll well I will go with victory just based on the fact that they're a stable side. Got some good players. Got a good coach. Uh, they had some great moments during the last season. They end up tailing away at the end. But I, I think victory will have enough to to get the result. Yeah, I think is this one that's being played at uh, Ferriton Park. Yeah. yeah, so I remember actually training on this pitch as well. Adelaide Olympic used it a bit for a training pitch. Used it? A bit. Used to play there, mate. Well, no, not when, I, not when I was there. We, we, we trained there on a Monday. The pitch was um, tiny, mate. So that, that could play into the hands as well. Um, I don't really know too much about this Garn United team, but I know a few people from the Adelaide Victory team made some big signings as well, um, and they seem to have some consistent performers every year. Uh, my cousin actually plays on this team, uh, Alex Damasi, so shout out to him as well. Hopefully he has a positive season during the season as well. Um, he had such a good preseason last year and then only contributed to penalties during the year. So I hope he has a, a good start and gets it underway with an open play goal. And then the final game to round off the third round, round three of the prelim- preliminary cup round in South Australia, Unley United versus MA Hawks at West Beach, 5pm this Sunday, 18th of February. I reckon Unley United. Yeah, look, I don't know enough about either of these sides. Um, so I'll, I'll, it's effectively for me, I'm picking a, a name out of a hat. So I'll just, because you went with Unley, I'm just going to go with the MA Hawks. I'm going to go with Unley. I think if, if Matt is playing and starting in that game, then hopefully he can create a bit of a difference. I'm not sure if he's still playing there this year, but he's, he's moved, moved jobs and maybe he's going to be the one that moves Unley up, up the table and out of the cup first round. Absolutely. And then, of course, Pitbulls play against a, a team I haven't heard of called Bye. I don't know who's going to come out on Pitbull. top of that one. Yeah, so... Of course, yeah, I, I reckon Pitbulls are going to go through, in my opinion. I think they're just going to be too strong for the Bye at the moment. And uh, got no contest there. Whitewash for me. Pitbulls all the way. No yeah. extra time? I've done 3-0. <laughs> no extra time for either of your penalties? No. <laughs> That's all of the cup games dissected. That's pretty much it from us for this week. Tell us which games you're going to in the cup, whether you're going to watch an all-amateur clash in, in Boss or Tree Gully or all-state league one affair between Adelaide Blue Eagles and Playford. Again, was a lot of fun talking to you two throughout today, and I'm sure we'll talk more next week. Next week, round one. Can't wait. Excited. Yeah. Thanks for having Good me. A few of us. On the commentary as well, a couple of other games as well. Make sure to watch. First round's got Seb on the lead, I think. I'm not sure he's on the lead for the uh, Curtain Rays Adelaide United game yet. Uh, Johnny Johnny Kecko, I think, will be on that one because you two are uh, unavailable, I believe. Yeah. So yeah. I think Johnny's on and the lead now and I'll be alongside him for that one. Yeah, I think Lachlan might be on the Sunday game as well. So we've got all three days filled with entertainment. Make sure we all got our one-liners ready. Absolutely. All on... <laughs> On YouTube now, we shouldn't even talk about all on YouTube, which is great to see since the 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 sad death and demise of of MPL TV. Yep. Um, so all very accessible now for everyone to watch. But that's pretty much it from us. Thank you all for listening. Let us know what you've thought, either on Facebook or on Twitter or on Instagram, and we'll make sure to see you all next week. Thank you, Alessio, and thank you, Mark, for joining me. And we'll see you next week. Cheers, Cheers. for hosting. Good luck, uh, Alessio.